I know some of you thought I was going to chicken out, that we wouldn't look at what does it mean, how do we understand God's will when we pray? Where, where does that fit in? But today, we're going to cover it. Today, you get a two-for-one. We're, we're going to learn a word definition and look at God's will at the same time. So a bugaboo is something that causes a disproportionate amount of fear or distress. And so I think that's really the best way to describe this whole concept in prayer of what is God's will. So 1 John 14 and 15 says this, We know that if we ask anything according to His will, He hears us. And if He hears us, we know we have the thing we've asked of Him. And what, what gets us is that if we ask anything according to His will, every one of us at some point, I, I guarantee I've done it eight million times, you've maybe done it a million. I've probably done it more than you. But we've all done it. You're praying about something. And especially if it's something really important and it's been going for a long time. And at a certain point, you just don't see movement. You're not necessarily hearing anything from God. And so we've all come to that point where you start to say, well, maybe it's not God's will. Now, you probably don't do this, but along with it, I start doing stuff like, oh, I'm probably not worthy or, you know, there's probably something wrong with me or, you know, we kind of start becoming self-condemning, which is funny because the Word doesn't say that. We, we, we are more critical of ourselves than God is so often. But we've all done it. We got to that point. We, we didn't see the movement and we've done it. We've said, maybe it's just not God's will. This is a verse that's a bugaboo for us. We, we don't know often what to make of it. Now, it's an easy one to quote to someone else, but it's so difficult in our own life. Where do we fit it in? Now, th now this is interesting. So we're going to look at this today because it is so important. Now, there are those in the faith movement, not all, but there are those in the faith movement that take it where it says, we know that if we ask anything according to His will. They take that as how we ask. In other words, their position on this is that if we ask correctly, not the correct thing, but the correct manner, then He hears us, and if He hears us, we know we have the thing we've asked of Him. Now, frankly, for me, that feels a little too much like manipulating God. I, I personally don't, I don't buy it. I do think that there is something here that we ask according to His will. And so we're going we're gonna to dive into this today. And, you know, but here's the nice thing. We know when it is His will, not only does He hear us, but we get what we ask of Him, even if it takes time. So let's dive into this. And I want to kind of just put two things out there because so often there's things that are important to us. There's things for the kingdom and there's things for us. And there's things that really are dear to us. Now, we do have to periodically be willing to, like Abraham, put those on the altar so that God may decide what he wants to do with it. But we have to be careful that they don't become idols. And, and we're going to see that. So, Another passage that I hope will help us look at this, help us see this, in, in 1 John 
3, verses 21 and 22, it says that if our hearts don't condemn us, we have confidence before God. We could approach Him and get whatever we ask if our hearts don't condemn us. Now, first off, let me be clear. It's talking about sin, okay? If our hearts don't condemn us, condemn us, if there is not a serious sin in our life that we're like in denial of, if our heart doesn't condemn us, then we have confidence before God. If we do have something, let's repent, let's get it out, okay? But if our heart doesn't condemn us, but I, I want to kind of take another look at this. I want to take a little bit of artistic license just to help you see how I perceive this. When we're praying about something, if our heart doesn't condemn us, in other words, if I'm asking for a private jet, you know, that kind of that would be fun, but it does kind of feel a little selfish. It's, now, if God, if the Holy Spirit said, Randy, I want you to have a private jet. Okay, let's pray it. But Short of that, yeah, I think my heart kind of condemns me on that a little bit. That, you know, that's just, like we saw in the last episode, spending it on my pleasures. I, I want to kind of challenge us that when we go to God with a desire, remember, we, what, what have we learned so far as we explore God's Word? Sorry, I just love this. I love exploring God's Word because we know it's true. And so let's make the most of it. So what do we learn? So number one, we have a role to play in God's economy, how he's structured things. We are his representatives and we have a role to play. And he, for his purposes, has limited himself based on our actions. Now he is, God. <laughs> he, he's God of the universe. He's bigger than heaven and earth, right? He created all just by his spoken word. But he has chosen to limit himself based on what? Our participation. He created some in his image. He gave us attributes similar, not exactly, but we're a pale reflection of him. We were created in his image. Now, we don't have the majesty, the holiness, but we're created in his image. So we have a role to play. And often he's waiting for us to step forward in prayer. And we saw in the second episode that Jesus was very direct in, we have to be tenacious, persistent in prayer. And we see, you know, so often what God talks, to, you know, in Isaiah about, and Ezekiel, you know, he wanted people to pray so that he could take a different action. So we have a role. We need to be persistent, but we also need to check our motives. Is it just for our pleasure? Now, God does, in His gracious generosity, give us just things for us to, to enjoy, just for us to have fun with, okay? But what's our motivation? Will we, that thing He's given us that we find so much joy in, will we give it to someone else? We, will we share it with someone else? I'll give you a really good example. A great, not a bad example, but I'm going to give you the example anyway. Uh, back in 2000, I know some of you are going, wow, that was a million years ago. I actually won a car. And I, and I literally, my first reaction was, and it was a nice car. It was a BMW convertible, a little Z3. My first reaction was literally, 
God, who do you want me to give it to? And it sat in my garage for a couple of months because I was waiting for God to show me who to give it to. And then I really felt like the Holy Spirit say, I gave you that car. See, I, I have a long way to go. I got a lot of growing to do, a lot of maturing to do. But in that instance, my heart was, my motivation was correct. It's like, God, what do you want me to do with this? I literally drove it home and parked it until I got direction from God. Now, I mess it up so many other times. So don't take that as like, oh, gosh, Randy, you got to figure it out. So we, we learned about our motivation. But the other side is we're looking at God's will. When we come to him, going back to 1 John 3, if our heart doesn't condemn us. Now, again, this is talking about sin and God's holiness. But I, I, again, I want to take that artistic license and say, you know, when we're praying about that desire, we have to take the lead. We have to be persistent. We need to check our motivation. But when we do, if our heart doesn't condemn us, if, if in the back of my mind, in the back of my heart, I'm not going, gosh, really, that's kind of selfish. Ooh, that's just about me. If as long as my heart doesn't condemn me, I'm going to have boldness in going to God. And I'm going to have boldness. Why? Because we're going to see, at the, you know, finally, when there's something big in somebody's life, and especially when there's no immediate results, we're learning persistence. So my boys and I do something. We've done this for years. We have a routine at night. They pray for our friends, and then I pray for them. And we, we know people that we have been praying for ages for breakthroughs, health, what, whatever it may be. And we're tenacious in prayer because we want to see God move on their behalf. So our heart doesn't condemn us. So that's a good litmus test. But the reason I'm telling you this story is this. When do we quit? When, when do we I, I'm not saying I have all the answers, but when do we quit? Well, here's what we do. We keep going until either our heart condemns us, not doubt, because doubt is the tool of the enemy. If our heart condemns us that, you know, our motivation's wrong. If we allow God, you know, we delight ourselves in Him and He gives us the desires of our heart. If He wants to change the desire of our heart, we want to give Him that flexibility. But until He changes it, we keep praying. And then finally, when do we, if, if He doesn't change our desires, if our heart doesn't condemn us, when do, when do we put it to bed? When do we give up? And that's when God says, it's not my will. Now that sounds pretty direct and profound, but we have got, see, doubt is the crusher of our confidence. And we start to question those things we're praying about. We, we question, well, is it God's will? There's a perfect example of this in 2 Corinthians. And, and Paul asked the Lord three times to take away this torment that he had, to take away this thing. Lots of debate over what it was, but it doesn't matter. What we see is three times Paul is going to the Lord asking for relief. And God says, no, 
But see, God in his graciousness told him why. And he said, first off, he said, God said to him, my grace is sufficient for you. In your weakness, my strength is demonstrated. But Paul understood. See, Paul had been given amazing revelations about God, his kingdom, his word. And Paul realized this was to keep him from becoming overproud. This was to keep him from being the cause of his own destruction. See, if Paul had been lifted up in pride, it would have led to his own destruction. So God saying no to Paul was not a negative. But frankly, God saying no to Paul was literally for his good that God would be glorified and look at all that Paul accomplished. So when do we, when does my family, when do we give up in prayer? When either our heart condemns us. We just know it's wrong. We allow God the flexibility to change the desires of our heart. If he changes the desires of our heart, okay, then we change our prayer. But finally, if neither of those happen, when do we give up? When do we stop praying? When God says, that's not my will. We're not perfect at it. We're still learning just like all the rest of us. But what are we committed to? We don't stop until God says so. I'm hoping this will encourage and challenge you to bold prayer. We need to see God move. We want to see God glorified, His power displayed. And you and I, we we just receive the overflow blessings. We live in a world that needs God more than ever. We need God's power. And He wants you and I to be His instruments. 